that time again. It is another episode of the Dinner With Podcast, where we sit down each week with a special guest. We bring them in and we ask them a simple question. Who would their dream dinner guest be? Uh, my name's Sean. I'm joined, of course, by my esteemed co-hosts, G and Ben. Boys, how are you doing on this lovely evening? Living the dream. Loving life. What's the dream look like, G? Trying to stay dry at the moment. <laughs> and Benny, what about you, mate? How are you doing, my friend? Hey, much like G, living the dream. Wednesday, two more days, and we are in heaven. <laughs> Oof. G, I might hand over to you, mate, to uh, introduce our special guest and ask the first most important question, because this guest, he's a, he's a local for you, uh, somewhere you, you frequent. The big tuna goes for a for a cappuccino and a and a croissant sometimes. Uh, over to you, mate. <laughs> yeah, definitely a local legend. Um, everyone knows, everyone knows Dan from Blue Bottles. Um, been serving the community and and doing it well for a long time now. How you going, Dan? Yeah, very good, G. Thank you. Have you got a scotch with you this time, or you're just sober? <laughs> <laughs> sober? What's a Seems sober to... G look yeah. like? <laughs> Seems to be one way or the other. Yeah, we've got, we've got, we've got, uh, we've got some drinks on hand. Have you got one yourself, mate? No, mate. I'm I'm 45 minutes late out of bed, so let's we, we've got to knock this thing off. Oh, here we go. All right, let's let's get going. Uh, so yeah, we're uh, we're all about dinner, dinner, and a famous person uh, on this episode. So the reason we've got you on, Danny, is to try and figure out who you'd like to sit down and have a meal with. Um, so have you put much thought into it and who have you come up with? Oh, it's an interesting question when you posed it to me and, uh, created a lot of, um, you know, there's definitely some, um, uh, ways you could go about it, but I, uh, I come up with the old, uh, infamous bank robber, uh, Brendan Abbott. Yeah, very good. Very good. Australian fugitive. What do you think about that, boys? I was looking to ask. Oh, sorry. I was going to no. ask, Dan, it sounds like you had almost like a short list when you were asked the question by G. Was there anybody else that you almost brought to dinner? Oh, there was, there was lots and lots of people you could uh, have a dinner with, but um, I wanted to come up with uh, just uh, something that, that intrigued me and interests me. And um, But you could choose a million people, honestly. But um, yeah, I was stuck with Brendan Abbott and that's where we're at. So... Dan, I must admit, I wasn't familiar with Brendan Abbott when the when you, when the name was told to me earlier today. I had to do a bit of research because I had no idea who the hell this fellow was. And then I started to read and found out that he was the postcard bandit. And then it started to, you know, the the cogs in the brain started to turn. And then I remembered, hey, he was Australia's most wanted for a period of time. Um, I guess the question is, for a guy that was a bank robber, uh, he was a he, he escaped from jail, he was on the run for a period of time. What is the connection to Dan from Bluey's? How does that work? Um, I, I love I love crime and um, the, the the criminal piece. And prior to one of my um, early uh, job. Uh, well, I went for a job uh, as a as a jail warden and things like that, and um, I've always had that sort of uh, interest in that sort of stuff. Um, I then managed uh, and and worked for uh, the Commonwealth Bank for 
17 years. Um, Brendan Abbott, uh, yeah, well, and, and I know of him probably better than you boys because I'm a bit older than you, but um, Brendan Abbott only robbed Commonwealth banks. And um, <laughs> ah. it interest, that interests me in itself, given the fact that when I was working with the Commonwealth Bank, they had the best uh, security, uh, still do. Um, and, I, and I think uh, Brendan Abbott contributed to that because it, back when he was applying his trade, they weren't. And um, <laughs> yeah, so that sort of thing uh, intrigues me. The Brendan Abbott proof system, if you've ever heard of the rubber proof ants. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, true. So for the postcard bandit, uh, Brendan Abbott, he's a he's a Melbourne boy. He's he's a '60s child. Um, I mean, we don't know a lot about him growing up, but we do know that at some point he started to get a little bit curious with how he might be able to. I don't know, bend, bend the laws, maybe get a bit creative uh, and manipulate the systems for his own benefit. So he's the kind of character that, you know, he's, he's made f- fake IDs. He's, um, you know, he's, he's good at the old disguise act as well. So that's kind of the character that's sitting down for this meal, Dan. And as the entrees come out, we want to know from you, what are you going to have for your entree? And what's the opening question that you want to ask the postcard bandit? And where do you where do you take a bank robber to dinner? Like, <laughs> where are you? Are we are we in a Macca's car park somewhere, or where are we? Probably just in the drive through. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's in the boot. <laughs> oh, you are. Oh, you are. <laughs> you could be tied up, hands behind your back. Yeah. So Dan, um, what are you going to have? What do you want to ask him? Oh, um, I don't know what I'd have to have to eat. I'd probably, um, I'd probably order a steak, and um, I'd, I'd just sit down with him and just um, ask him how you know um, he he was he was a ward of the state, uh, and got handed around a bit when he was a a child. Uh, they first thought that he was. You know, uh, not not all there, but he was actually verging on. Um, he was he was near a genius. Um, so I suppose um, I would ask him what he what I thought. I'd ask him what he thought led him down that that path, given um, you know how much nouse he had upstairs. Mm-hmm. Do you, Do you think that maybe some people like that just get bored? And he's got so much going on. He's almost got like an overactive brain. They almost just had to go out and be creative. But unfortunately, it led him down a, the, the bad path. What do yeah. you think? Most definitely. I mean, uh, it, it initially started with him. Uh, he needed money and he, uh, you know, spoke to people on the street that were um, n- virtually criminals before he began. And, you know, he, he used to ask them what they wanted um, to make their life better, you know, big TV, you know, all this sort of stuff. And he'd actually just go and rob the local... Harvey Norman or whatever it may be and get them all that stuff, sell it to them and then it'd make a bit, bit of money but they'd always um, have the uh, the ability to dob him in and he didn't like that so, um, you know, he wanted to go out more on his own and that's how he got first into um, banks. He didn't. He only had to worry about himself. Sounds a bit like Robin Hood, the familiar tale, doesn't it? Just doesn't the rescue into the port. What a legend. 
Well, and selling it a markup. Like, let's let's not oh, forget okay. that part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, hey. You're still hoping hey. the less fortunate. <laughs> yeah. And making money on it. <laughs> the one that I found really interesting with the guy was he um, obviously he's good at the old disguise for his 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 robberies and and other crimes and whatnot. But then this period of time over in WA where he was um, he was caught uh, impersonating corrections officers. I just think that is yeah. hilarious in many ways. Yeah, they threw him in the. Um, he was in the um, uh, working room, whatever you call it, um, stitching up uniforms, and he just made he made two uniforms, him and one for another bloke uh, of, of the wardens, and <laughs> walked out in it. Walked out through the wardens' room and, and walked out. Uh, scaled the roof and off he went. Did he put in um, so, his uh, timesheet for pay that week? Or? <laughs> he's got that much money, mate. He's still got that much money buried out there. And when he gets out in four years' time, I reckon he'll be straight there to dig it up or wherever it is. It's funny you say that because, wow. like, they say that most, like, the the overwhelming majority of money he stole has never been accounted for. Yeah, correct. He He's, um, he's stolen over... Uh, they think over five million dollars through fifty um, upwards of fifty robberies, uh, mm. um, and more than half that hasn't been accounted for. But um, I think he's yeah, got it somewhere. Five million bucks. He'd, he'd nearly be able to get an apartment in Bondi with that, Ben. Wow. He'd nearly out. He'd be able to fill his car up for sure. <laughs> <laughs> when was he? When was you he? Think about, you think about five million bucks. Five million bucks twenty years ago. Yeah, big coin. Yeah. A lot of coin. Um, Benny, over to you, mate. What do you want to know? Well, okay, so you've had your steak. That's a very nice entree, by the way. He's uh, he's coming out smiling. <laughs> he's, got, he's got a day out of prison and he's having a steak for entree. I mean, wow, he's living the dream. Um, so you've you've polished off your steak. Um, you're on to your main course now. If you had your main course and you had any other question that you wanted to ask him. What would be your main course and what would be your next question? Because he's shouting, I'd get steak again. And, um, <laughs> steak on steak. Yeah. Um, I, I, I probably would then ask him, um, you know, ha- have, you got, uh, have you got any money left over? Where is it? And, you know, what, what do, you, do, you, do you think you'd, um, do you think anything's changed? Since you've done your twenty odd years in jail, do you think you can get back out in the community and do something decent, or would you, you know, take the money and just go into hiding and retire, so to speak? Just just going back, if you ask that question, where is it? And <laughs> if he does tell you this, Dan, would you be tempted to go and get it? No, because I would honestly believe a he wouldn't tell me, and b if he did, it would be incorrect. <laughs> True, true. So when the stakes come out, Dan just slides a map across the table and says, so, mate, uh, where, where, where do you again? Steak on steak, entree on main. I love it. Uh, I mean, the guy, he's probably hungry, let's face it. Um, and who knows? Maybe he's going to be on the run for a while. So why not load up, hey? You might need your protein. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, <laughs> I think... 
he gets out in, um, I think he's eligible for parole, parole in 2026, but then he's wanted in um, uh, South Australia straight after that. So you know, I don't think he's, um, he's going to be 78 before he's completely free, if that ever eventuates. But um, yeah, he'd be very, he'd be definitely an interesting man to sit down and have a chat with. Mm. Yeah, for sure. What was it like when, uh, you know, I, I, he obviously escaped twice, for those people listening that don't know. The second stint, he was only sort of on the run for about six months. But the first stint, I think it was about six six or seven years. Was it what were you, was that when you sort of got onto his bandwagon and, and you became a bit of a fan of him? Or what was it like at that time? Yeah, um, he's the only man to ever escape Fremantle prison in 150 years that it was in service and he actually went back there uh signed the visitor's book um as a guest and no no one knew unbeknownst to anyone (laughs) until about till the book ended and they were reading through it and then it started you know another another manhunt but the the police never (laughs) never spoke to each other in different states and they never uh, you know, shared information. So then he went to South Australia and did all that sort of stuff and um, just kept going from state to state. But um, I I picked up on him um, at the very end of his career when um, he did the pack, he did the pack fair uh, robbery. He walked out of um, Pacific fair on Christmas Eve um, carrying eight ATM cassettes close to eight hundred thousand in them. I mean, whoa, that sort of that sort of stuff. In well, he he's uh, he's very clever, and he knew he knew the layout of the bank. He knew the staff, so he would he would scope it out for six months without doing anything, and he would know exactly. He would walk in and say, "Oh, hey Sarah, how are you going? Where's Trevor today? How come? Um, oh, where's oh, Mary got a day off? Wow. You knew all the staff really well, and no." rarely any violence and that's when I sort of picked up on him when it was you know 97 ish 96 97 and a branch that I'm familiar with and you know it's local just up the road at the Gold Coast and you just think this this bloke's just walking out of there walking through the car park no dramas and yeah so I got <laughs> on his bandwagon then and just been yeah interested in him from from then sort of thing in your yeah, wow. stints uh, with with Commonwealth Bank, Dan, did uh, did you ever have any customers that you kind of got a weird feeling about? Like maybe they were, you know, popping in pretty often or asking some strange questions. Did you ever get like a weird vibe from from customers that maybe they were, you know, sketching things out? Yeah, we had um, we had an attempted hold up at. Um... Uh, the Coffs Harbour branch when I was um, working there and uh, someone alerted the cops and came in and smashed this guy's face through the gravel before he had a chance to do anything. But he had a, um, he had a, a, a an axe down the side of his jeans and he was just Jeez. waiting for the place to open. Had balaclava on in the car and someone called him up. But he'd been in a, he'd been in a couple of days prior with uh, one of our staff and got knocked back on a personal loan and got a bit angry and actually had to escort him out of the branch. And um, oh, yeah. I think you're, I think you're, I think, I think Paulie was working the same too. Um, did the, did the big Paulie D escort him out? Was he security or? 
<laughs> I, I was security. I, I escorted him out. Paul was too scared to serve him. No, he wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> he, went in, he went into. Paul um, went behind the glass. No, he, just, he was just. A, <laughs> It was just a normal. It was just a normal. Gus went in and did a personal loan application with one of the girls, and and then, you know, um, he got a bit irate, and we sort of had to say to him, oh, "Out you go, come on, you know, you got the wrong, you got the wrong decision, but it's not our fault, sort of thing." And we got him out of the branch, and there was no no real drama. But then two days later, he was found sitting in his car out the front with a balaclava and the axe in him, and um, so he was waiting for the branch to open, but the cops came before. I opened the door, we let the cops in, and he said, does this bloke out here look familiar? And that's when we said, yeah, he does, actually, and it was him. But I don't know what could have happened, but it wouldn't have. It didn't start off well if you got an axe down your pants, does it? <laughs> it's dangerous on a couple of fronts there, Dan, with an axe down your pants. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> and for the listeners at home that aren't familiar, so Paul, Paulie is Dan's reference. That's actually... Uh, co-host G, that's his older brother, uh, the one that was uh, not security, a little scared in the corner. I'm guessing maybe in the back office. I don't know. I'm just no, I'm just guessing here. I'd be calling on him if I needed any. He'd help me out, Paul. I know he's a big strong man. <laughs> he's all here. <laughs> <laughs> so G, the uh, the night's progressing, and um, over to you for the. The penultimate question. Well, yeah. Well, I wonder, like, so you've had a couple of steaks. Um, probably started off with, like, a little sirloin and then got into a, a T-bone or a ribeye. Um, slid the map across the table. Probably got rebuffed. Didn't get the location. It's called <laughs> the longitude and the latitude of the remaining missing funds. What would you... Uh, what would you get the, the great man for dessert? I'd say you'd be probably over, like, things like jello and ice cream. Probably got enough of that behind behind bars did you get him maybe a chocolate mousse or something like that i'd get him whatever he wanted if he put the x on the spot on the map but um, <laughs> <Yeah>. that's blackmail <laughs> down anything down oh, no <laughs> no um dessert i'm not a not a um i'd probably go a cheesecake or something like that and nice. um get him one as well and yeah just sit down Does... and enjoy the rest of the night does Blue Bottles do a good cheesecake, Dan? The greatest, mate. Everything's chef-made in there, and we do a cheesecake every second day and can't keep oh. up with it. Really good. Oh, Well, I reckon you'd enjoy the cheesecake. Um, so the cheesecake comes out, and what's your final question for your dream dinner guest, Brendan Abbott? What do you want to know to, f- to finish things off with? Um, why he didn't have a washing machine in his own home so he didn't have to get busted at the laundromat? Oh, is that where he got done? Yeah, he got he got done going wow. to do his washing at the local laundromat, and off-duty policeman was playing cricket with his young son in, in the driveway opposite, and the ball went across the road, and Brendan picked it up, threw it back, and the copper looked him in the eye and thought, "Shit, I know you." And he went Jeez. into the laundromat, and he went and called the cops and got busted. But I reckon if he had a washing machine his little villa that he had hired he might be still out there playing around oh if there was a reward for the copper who arrested him do you think there was was there like a bounty not a bounty but would that be a thing back then i don't know but it was a <laughs> funny thing that all the ba- all the banking the whole banking industry of australia uh got together and offered a one hundred thousand dollar reward one hundred thousand 
these people make $100,000 profit in every 15 minutes and they're offering a $100,000 reward. Yeah, true. Unbelievable. How, how unlucky. You probably had too much coins, you know, because he's been robbing everyone and he's thought, oh, we'll get rid of a few. <laughs> yeah, Wash, pockets. Yeah, pockets. Yeah, pockets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I may as well get rid of You know, gold coins can get pretty heavy, so he's just trying to flick a few. Yeah. Bang. <laughs> Throwing the ball back, That's unlucky. Great. I feel, I feel for him. Yeah, a quick way to go out. Yeah. What a way to go out. And as we speak of ways to go out, Dan, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Dinner with Podcast. It is the podcast where we ask a special guest each week who their dream dinner guest would be, and then they get to ask their guest three questions of their own. Um, we'll be back uh, next week for another episode when we ask a new guest who their guest would be. So until then, my name's Sean. I'm joined by G and Ben, and our guest tonight was Dan from Blue Bottles. Make sure you get down there for your cheesecake. Ciao for now. <laughs> <laughs>